ever been told that you need to do something and sacrifice for people, for others, at the detriment of yourself to prove that you love them? For a very long time, many mothers have thought that this is the way forward. But unfortunately, it's causing us more harm than good. And the people you feel that you're sacrificing for are not feeling that love that you are trying to enable them to feel because of your sacrifice. And for that reason, I'd like to share with you this very short yet beautiful poem I wrote for the mothers who feel like they're in a similar situation like this. You give and give till there's nothing left. To meet people's needs as society expects. The moment you take a break, you get criticized because you're meant to keep going till all are satisfied. This sacrifice on the altar of others' expectations has brought nothing but pain, guilt, and devastation. Your self-sacrifice does not show you love yourself or others. So, give yourself the love you deserve, amazing super mothers. I am Dr. Denny. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is the show where we talk about all things motherhood, the good, the bad, the ugly. And we also share practical strategies and tactics that we could improve our well-being and feel that joy as we enjoy our journey of motherhood, but also feel our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit, and not feel that burnout that many mothers are struggling with at the moment. Today, I'm talking about love. Love is a gift. It's a gift we give ourselves. It's a gift we give to others. But most of the time when we are told about love, it's all about giving, and it's all focused on giving to others, where in this case, I'm emphasizing the gift of love to you. Because unless you fill yourself with love, unless you fill your cup, you will not be able to give the love that you perhaps need to give to others, whether it's your spouse, your children, your colleagues, your, co your, co your clients, or anybody else at all, even strangers. Unless you're able to feel the love in your heart, and experience the love that you give to yourself. It's hard to be able to share it with others. It is very popularly said, you can't give what you don't have. And as much as we try to just keep giving, there are times where it feels that we are pulling teeth. It becomes a strain on us. Even our children who we're supposed to be kind of giving that love to, they start to look at it as if, oh no, this is not feeling that connection. We're not feeling that um, connection that we would love to feel. And sometimes you wonder why. I remember at the very challenging time of my life when I was really, really struggling and I found myself being very fearful, being very snappy, 
And of course, at that point in time, I had two toddlers. You know, imagine you've got toddlers and you're just like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And of course, these children, they are wonderful, but they know how to push your buttons at those particular critical moments. And so one of those days when um, we were trying to get ourselves ready to catch a bus and this bus comes like every hour. So if you miss that bus, that's the end of it. For the next one hour, we have to just roam around or maybe start walking to our destination. And it wasn't something that was really particularly interesting or what I would wanted to do. So I decided, okay, you know what? Um, let's try and hurry up. And so I was trying to get my um, child to hurry up. Okay, come, let's let's hurry up because we just got off our five minutes and we need to go and catch that bus. And that was the moment my child decided to throw a tantrum. (laughs) I was not feeling that love. I wasn't feeling it at at all. And so I said, no, you would need to listen to mommy now. This needs to be done right now. Now, as I was digging my heel in to prove my uh, superiority and my authority as a mother, my child was digging foot in like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that now. But that was the moment I decided to stop for a minute. And you know why? Because I felt I wasn't going anywhere with this. So I stopped for a moment, came down to my child's level, looked in their eyes and said, we need to get home and we need to get the bus. And for that reason, we need to hurry up so that we do not miss the bus. And just coming down and speaking to my child, putting the situation in front of her and saying, okay, this is what we have and this is what we need to do. So take a step and walk with me. I was asking at that moment for love. I was asking at that moment for an understanding from my child for the situation we were in at that time. Like magic, the child that had been digging her heels in, putting her foot down, suddenly said, okay, mommy, and started moving at supersonic speed, putting her clothes on, putting things together. I could not believe it. And that was it. We finally got our boss. And that was the last time I ever had a situation whereby I was struggling to communicate or to say, I need this done. And my child would be kicking back to say, no, I'm not going to do it with all aggression. You see, sometimes we feel we have to keep sacrificing. We have to keep giving and giving. But sometimes you can ask. And that's the first step I'm going to share with you. You can ask people, look. I need love too. I need you to consider me too. I need you to recognize the situation I'm in too. I need you to understand me too. Why? Because that's, while it's not sacrifice, while it's you telling them, look, I think think I've reached that point where I can't give you anymore. I need you to give me. It is a moment where there is an increased bonding. That was a moment where I was vulnerable enough to share that, hey, I need you to show me some love right now. Asking 
is such an important thing. It is a step to move away from that mythical self-sacrifice that everybody tries to put as the gold standard of showing that you're an amazing mother. The society is trying to make you feel like unless you are able to sacrifice, you're not a great mother. You're not a good mother. You're not good enough. I want to tell you, you are enough. But do not be afraid to ask. Do not be afraid to connect with people by saying it the words out. I need you to see me, to understand me, to love me. That is your first act of love. The second is beautiful as well, but it is something that many of us struggle with. I struggled with it for a very long time and to a large extent, I have not mastered it completely because sometimes I still allow some creeping things in the mist. And that second step is boundary setting. Boundary setting has a way of helping you as a mother. Why? Because when you set boundaries, and it can be very empowering, but also, I have to say, it also can feel like you're being trapped. Okay. Now, when I started setting boundaries, um, I, I, I've always been this people pleaser, chronic people pleaser. You tell me, oh, Junior, I need this. I'll be like, sure, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get it sorted. And unfortunately, the people I was bending over backwards to do things for were not appreciative. And I mean, we're all human. We are all human. We want to be appreciated. We want to be loved. We want to be cherished. We want people to say, oh, okay, you've done this. I appreciate you. You, I, I, I'm happy that you did this for me. And even though you don't receive any accolades, you don't receive any particular thing, but the fact that the person recognizes that you've made an effort to help them, that's very, very empowering and very um, comforting for you. So because I was doing that people-pleasing, people tended to come to me whenever they need, needed anything. So there was that constant taking from me. So I was constantly giving. And um, I kept getting depleted very, very quickly of physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, even spiritual energy, to be honest, because I was just feeling like, okay, I'll do it for the sake of God, <laughs> you know? And sometimes at the point, it just got to a point, I was like, look, God, you understand that I am tired of pushing myself because I've had enough. <laughs> so I had been so drained. That is when I started to set boundaries. Now, unfortunately, I did not do it with... um some moderation. I went from being approachable to being unapproachable. You can't come near me. I put up these boundaries like a big, very tall, impenetrable fence. And at the top of the fence, there was this American fence wire that was probably electrocuted. And even the walls were electrocuted to the point that I felt trapped. And that's something about boundaries. Sometimes you put the boundaries to keep things out, but you end up locking yourself in. The twist I'm going to bring in here for this boundary setting, which is very useful for mothers, is that you need to look at it not as boundary setting, but as setting your sacred space. Okay. When you look at it that way, 
it changes your environment from a prison to a space of joy, of bliss, of enablement and empowerment. And so rather than put all these bricks and blocks and everything that I put around myself, trapping myself in, I decided to create a space that was cultivating my well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. Now, how do you do that? By saying no. Boundary setting can be done with love. It doesn't have to be done with aggression like I did when I first of all started boundary setting. It was more like, oh, no, no, I I can't do that. No, you you will not tell me. And I was very, at the end of the day, I started feeling anger. I started feeling guilt. I started probably even feeling feeling some um, amount of emotions that I really didn't want to feel. And that's the kind of situation that many of us face. And so we can say no with grace. Remember, no is a complete sentence. You don't have to say no because, no but, no if, mm -mm, no and, mm -mm, no is a complete sentence. And you know the good thing about it? Mothers, we've got this special gift. We, We can smile even in the midst of being in hell. We can smile. We have been through many things. And so when you say no, please say it with a smile. Put a little smile to it. No. And while, of course, people who have never probably heard you say no to them before may go, what did you say? I said no. You don't need to compliment your answer. You don't need to give any explanation. Your statement of no is very empowering. And if perhaps you are very, very mindful that, oh my goodness, no, I don't want to offend anybody. You can go ahead to use certain phrases. I'm going to share some phrases with you. And I know I've discussed this in a previous episode. So if you've not listened to this that episode, please go back to previous episodes and listen to the power of no, okay? That is such an important thing you need to watch if you've not watched it already. So when you are not comfortable with just saying no as a word, no problem. You can say things like, oh, I'm unavailable. I have not got the capacity at the moment. Not yet. Let me think about it. Those are some very easy phrases you can use if you are maybe saying the no to maybe a boss or somebody you probably don't want to say no to or you feel you cannot say no to. So those are certain phrases you can use. Why? Because when you create your sacred space, by saying no, you are not sacrificing yourself. You are saying yes to you. You're saying yes to your rest. You're saying yes to your peace of mind. You're saying yes to your free time. You're saying yes to your ability to go pick up your kids from school on time. You are saying yes to you just putting your feet up and just chilling. That is such an empowering thing. And it is an act of love for you, most importantly. Now, the third one I'm going to share with you is so important, and that is your connections. You see, when I was growing up, I heard certain things. There's this cultural thing where um, a woman, when she gets married, um, 
she's probably called by her name for a bit. And then maybe soon after she gets married, maybe she gets uh, a child and she becomes a mother. Her name is thrown out. Her name is no more used. Then they then call her mommy of this child. So for example, we have someone who is called um, Cleo. Now, Cleo is the baby that has been born. Cleo's mother, who's probably, her name was Judith, suddenly is no longer called Judith. She is called Mommy Cleo, Mama Cleo, Mommy of Cleo. That is it. That's her identity, henceforth. And that continues even into her old age. And most of the time, that is the way we identify ourselves. And so our social network, our connections are kind of linked to our children, maybe our children's friends, parents, um, the school community where our children go to, you know, so we lose our identity. We lose ourselves. We forget who we are. That is something we need to be very, very aware of. I'm not saying you should not be involved with things relating to your children, but you need to remember that before your children were, you have been, you were there before they came along. Now that they've come, you will care for them, but you need to also have your identity as your person. You need to have your connections, your tribe. And that's the reason why at the Wellbeing for Mothers Club, we are constantly saying, hey, come on, join. Let us be together, grow together, do together. Because you need to be, you need to do, you need to grow with people that are like-minded. Why? Because that is how your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being is enabled especially in this very troubled world, especially with all the pressures we get left, right, and center with all the many roles we have as mothers. So get a connect, connection that will enable you. If you perhaps have, you have just moved to a new country and many people have this, they move to a new country, they move to a new city, they move to a new community and then they are stuck. I don't know anybody here. Then of course they've got children. So the children start school and they try to make friends with parents of the, cho of the children that their own children are going to school with. And it doesn't seem to work very well. Now, of course, because they are doing all that, they kind of feel more isolated. And that impacts their well-being. If you're in that situation, if there's anything that the world has shown us over the last few years, it has shown that sometimes you may not be in a physical space with someone, but you can be connected with people, even virtually. In our community, we have people from the US, the UK, Africa, you, um, other parts of Europe. We have people from Australia, New Zealand, all over Asia as well. That is what a powerful community is. Our world is a global village and we can harness that power of connection to be the better version of ourselves, to show ourselves love. 
there is something that we as women, we crave, and that's connection. Our hormonal system is so designed that we tend to want that connection with people either by words, I see you, I hear you, I love you, or by deeds, maybe buying you gifts, giving you all kinds of um, treasures and presents and just giving you cards, flowers, comes in different ways, of course, depending on your love language. Sometimes it's just a, um, an act of kindness. And these are things that we'd like to get. And when we get these things, when we receive these things, guess what? The hormone of goodness, of joy, of bliss, of connection is released. Then we feel less stressed. We feel more empowered. We feel we can do more. We can be more. We can achieve more. And that's why connection is so important. That is your third action of self-love today. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're making um, a resolution within yourself today that you do need to connect. You do need to set boundaries, create your sacred space. And you do need to ask people, look, I need you to stop now. I need you to see me now. I need you to help me now. I need you to love me. It's okay. And the moment we know that it's okay, that is such an important thing. Now, if you perhaps want to listen to this again, don't forget to download this episode, listen to it again, share it with other mothers, because you see, in this community, connection is so important. It can be you sending the message, you acknowledging someone, you sharing this as well. So these are ways by which you can connect and empower the people around you as you are receiving empowerment yourself. And so the fourth one I'm going to share with you now, this is a very interesting one. You know why? I came across it um, kind of, I would say accidentally. Now, we all know that the thing that brings us together, that we're kind of that kind of is the common denominator, is the fact that we are mothers, right? Now I know that there are some non-mothers that are listening to the show and tuning in, and I really appreciate you. I know that there are mom supporters as well that are tuning in, and I really appreciate your support. But when we talk about um, our role as mothers, um, we we have our children who perhaps depending of course on their ages depend on us and we have this thing that comes across as our children they need us all the time remember when you gave birth to your baby and um, for some reason um, the baby of course when they are very young they can't speak so when they are hungry they cry when they are thirsty they cry when they They've, they've soiled their nappy, they cry. When they just feel they need you, they cry. When they feel alone, they cry. When they are cold, they cry. That's their only means of communication. So because of that, we wanted to be there. Okay, oh, I'll give you food. Oh, I'll change your nappy. Oh, I'll keep you warm. Oh, I'll give you a cuddle. And so they became very dependent on us. As time went on, maybe they started to get some language. 
They started to understand how to ask for help. They started to tell, know how to say yes and no and give it to me and feed me and I want water, I want a drink. And we started to feel like, oh, yes, they are getting more independent. Unfortunately, there are many of us as mothers, and I am also, I've also gone through that as well, where I feel, oh my goodness, no, no, no. I don't want my child to fall. I don't want them to hit themselves. I don't want them to hurt themselves. I want them to, you know, feel that love because I need to be there. There are many times when we struggle with having to be there, do everything, do be all in all to our children. And because of that, we forget who we are, unfortunately, but also we don't give them the opportunity to make mistakes, to fail and to stand up again. And so this fourth one is very important to us. We need to foster independence in our children. We need to teach them how to be independent. How do we do that? Of course, it depends on the age. You would not expect a toddler two years old to find their way home from school or find their way to school, especially in maybe um, if your house is located or the school is located in a very traffic busy area. You wouldn't expect that of them. But there are some things that you can do whereby you say, oh, okay, you want to play with your toys. Okay, then go ahead. Your toys are over there. Go and get the toys. And when you finish, you pack up your toys, give instruction to them, let them follow the instruction. Sometimes when you want to maybe cook and as they get older, they can learn to lay the table, put the plates on the table, put the cutlery on the table before your meals, clear up the things and load up the dishwasher. Or if you're hand washing the plates, take it to the sink. They might not be old enough to wash the plates, but at least they can carry the plates from point A to point B. Let them do it. This is where we need to start encouraging them to take part in the day-to-day activity. Now, I know sometimes some parents might say, okay, you know what? I've seen my child carry stuff, but that's a glass plate. It can fall, it can break, it can hurt them. I understand. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should hurt your children. But if you do not give them the opportunity to carry that plate, to carry that um, cutlery, to carry that bowl, how will they learn? How will they grow? Let's stop babying our children so much so that they cannot do things for themselves. There are children that need to dress themselves up. Give them the opportunity to dress themselves up. Let them be there to say, okay, oh, I'm going to wear this today. I'm going to wear this today. But of course, be there as a guide, but let them be independent. Sometimes they might need to wear their clothes the other way around. And then it to be a fun thing and they will never forget. They will be like, oh my goodness, I wore it the other way around. Okay, next time I will not do that. They will learn. You're building their resilience. You're building their independence by doing that. Now, of course, as they get even older, let them be responsible for some things in the house. Let them be responsible for naked, going through the refrigerator, going through the pantry. What are we running low on? Let them be in charge of writing that shopping list for you that is stuck on the fridge. Put it at their level so they'll be able to write it. Do you know what the good thing about that is? One, they, you are teaching them about situational awareness. You are also teaching them about that um, 
literacy. So they are learning how to write in school. You are helping them to practice at home, okay? So they are trying to put their vocabulary together and they, are, they can make the, oh, this is carrot. Even if they put carrot as K-O-R-O-T, you know that, okay, okay, carrot is, that's not the spelling, but very good. That sounds phonetically right, but carrot is spelled this way, C-A-R-R-O-T. And then they go, oh, and then they correct themselves and they learn. But that independence of being able to go around and say, mommy, we've run out of carrots. Okay, add it to the shopping list. And then they know what to do. That is so important. This is an act of self-love because when you are doing this, you are showing love, not just to yourself, but your children as well. When we overprotect, shield them so much so that they are unable to do stuff, unfortunately, we're not helping them. We're not preparing them for a world that they that doesn't really care too much the world just goes on if someone falls sometimes nobody even pays attention but we need to learn to show them that yes they are loved but there are times they will fall and nobody will take notice or say are you okay and sometimes they will even be laughed at how do they cope? How do they build that emotional resilience that, oh, I get up, I dust myself. If I'm hurt, I go ask for someone to help me. You see, these are certain things that we may not maybe think about, but it's so important for our health, our well-being. But in the other expectation of society, ha, your child falls, you need to drop everything, run like a headless chicken, get there, pick up your child. Oh, sorry, sorry. Were you the one that pushed the child? Oh, clean it and then stay there. Then bandage the wound, then stay sleepless nights, shaking and feeling very uncomfortable and feeling unhappy that, oh, my child fell, it's my fault. Oh my goodness. Can you see? Society has pushed us to that stage. This also doesn't give the leeway where you say, okay, I don't care. My children should sort themselves out. No, you are their mother. You will care for them, but you need to give them some form of autonomy to be able to, based, of course, on their age, do things. At what age can your child do certain chores, load the dishwasher, wipe the dishes, sweep the house? At what age can they find their way to school, find their way from school? At what age can they do the shopping? At what age can they be a part of the um, care of the home? At what stage can you involve them in certain decisions in the home? These are things we need to do because when they leave, they leave. And unless you have instilled these levels of independence and these levels of autonomy and these levels of character building in them, they're going to go out, fumble, and maybe meet with some unfortunate incidents that they, they may not have needed to experience because you have taught them or because they have learned that from you. Or maybe they learned it early on because you gave them some level of independence. And the fifth one, which is so important, is oh, you need to love you. What is that thing? And that's a question because everybody's answer is different. What is that one thing that you wish you could do that would really bring you a lot of joy? Some people, it's a walk. I just want to go for a walk. Some people, 
I want to go and hang out with friends. Some people, I just want to read a book in quiet and silence. Some people, I just want to play a game of Scrabble. Some people, I just want to listen to music. Some people, I just want to go and dance. Can you see? Can you see how important it is for you and I to think about that one thing? And that's a question you need to ask yourself. It doesn't have to be something big. You don't have to say, oh, yeah, what's that one thing? Oh, a big holiday to an island, tropical island. It's great. Yes, that's amazing. But it can also be something that is not so massive, something that is just, I just want to take a five-minute break, rest my eyes, meditate, just relax. What is that for you? What is that for you? Tap into it today because you are amazing and you deserve so much more. You do not need to sacrifice yourself all because you're trying to show love. I am Dr. Denny, and this message is for everyone out there that thinks that sacrificing their health, their well-being themselves is an act of love. No, it isn't. Show yourself some love today. Tap into those key points that we have shared today of making sure that you can ask when you need help, you need love, you need to be seen, you need to be heard. Boundary setting is so important as well. Staying connected with people who empower you, who enrich you, who keep you inspired to keep moving. Very importantly, showing your children how to be independent. And finally, doing the thing that you love, that gives you joy, gives you peace, gives you a sense of well-being. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. Stay tuned. Listen to the other episodes. Reach out to other mothers and share this with them. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do not forget to leave a review. Take care and stay well. Thank you.